welcome back to the first episode of That's Haram in 2021. We have survived until February. We did it. Somehow. So stuff happened in January and uh, Sahara and I were like, hmm, it's probably not (laughs) going to be an episode out this month. No. But a positive thing happened and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Yeah. So the movie we talked about in the holiday episode in December, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, you should. You can hear our many thoughts about all the holiday movies, gay or otherwise, that came out last year. Breaking Fast finally arrived in January. Surprise release. On demand, available wherever you can find on-demand content. And so we're going to talk about the movie, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we wanted out of it, etc., I'll start since I did write a review some of you probably already read. So I will try not to retreat too much of the same ground. But we just wanted to dedicate an entire episode to it because we very rarely get to have content like this from Muslim viewers and Muslim audiences. And so just a quick synopsis. The whole premise is that Mo, who is a doctor, he's a gastroenterologist, has just broken up with his boyfriend whose family keeps asking him why he, wants, why he hasn't gotten married And his boyfriend, Hassan, suggests that he should just pretend marry a woman and then it'll be fine. As you may imagine, that doesn't go down quite as well as Hassan had hoped. And so Mo and Hassan break up and the movie picks up a year later where Mo runs into this all-American white man named Cal. Yes, he is in fact named after Superman. It is part of the film. It's very cute. And then the two of them date throughout Ramadan by breaking fast together every night at Iftar. And so the whole movie just follows their courtship and ultimately ends with a happy ending because it is, of course, a rom-com. But there's a lot more that unfolds throughout the film. So I'm going to make a quick point here of this film is just, in my opinion, it's more geared towards people who were culturally raised in Muslim homes. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Sahar, like, Sahar was basically, like, messaging me as she was watching it like oh this is so blah 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 I am I feel this so hard and I had a very different experience when I watched it because I wasn't raised Muslim I don't have Muslim family members like right I mean parts of it are still relatable I can talk (laughs) relatable obviously because you know Muslim but I think this is definitely like if you're a revert Uh, Be aware that this is maybe not quite for you, and that's totally okay. That is totally okay, but you you do need to be aware going into this that this is more for people who are Muslims who are raised culturally Muslim. And also, I wanted to say I like that the characters were older, and it wasn't like 20-somethings. Oh my gosh, yes. That's one of the best parts of this film, to be honest, is that these are fully grown adults. Um, Even though... (laughs) <laughs> the reason why Mo and Cal meet is because they go to Mo's best friend's 25th birthday, except they've been throwing him a 25th birthday for uncountable years. So it's unclear how old Sam truly is, though I assume he's probably very close to age to Mo, who would probably be, if I did my math right, he's like late tw- 30, like, sorry, late 20s, early 30s, um, because of like med school and all that jazz. But what's really fun about the film is Corey's absolutely right. Like, there's a lot of stuff thrown in there that very much, like, if you grew up Muslim or you're around a lot of Middle Eastern people, you're going to pick up on because the film does star, like, an Arab actor. And it's all, like, Middle Eastern food when they, when they break the fast. So much hummus. I was very hungry watching the food montage. I'm glad that it didn't come out during Ramadan because then I would have been extra hungry and that's haram. 
So um, one of the things that Corey's talking about is there's a scene, there's actually multiple scenes where Mo, when he comes home, he looks at the shoes that are by the door and he, one, aligns them because it kind of just speaks to his character being very meticulous and set in his ways. And then two, anytime the shoes are upside down, he flips them over because culturally we're taught that you're not supposed to have your shoes or the sole of your feet face other people or be upside down because in my culture, if it's upside down, then that will bring in like arguments to the house. But also it's disrespectful to people and Allah, like you should never have it facing up. So I just thought that was one of those things that, you know, American viewers who aren't Muslim or just viewers around the world who don't have that cultural context wouldn't quite pick up on. However, because of the character of Mo, it still stands in as a representation of like who he is. And he clearly wants his shoes to be aligned perfectly, which comes in later because the large conflict in this movie is that Mo is very fortunate. His family has always supported him that we know of. There's no, oh my gosh, you're gay. That's Haram, blah, blah, blah. They love him. They're actually really mad that him and Hassan broke up. There's a hilarious phone call with his mother who's visiting family. And she, it's all in Arabic, which is great. But she curses out Hassan and is like, ah, that son of a dog. Like, how dare he break your heart, blah, blah, blah. Which is really cute and hilarious. But also like, oh my gosh, it's Ramadan. Don't curse. And that's exactly what Mo says. And so Mo is very, very devout in that he fasts, he prays, he tries his hardest not to have any impure thoughts. So that's why him and Cal don't kiss until the very end of the movie after the last iftar, because you're not supposed to do anything during the day. And so, you know, this character is... Okay, I do have to say one thing. I'm like... They're kind of courting dating during Ramadan. I'm like, this feels haram. Am, am yeah, I the only just, one? Or am I just being a little bit square about this? No, it's, it's one of those things where like, so actually this is the kind of dating that is like halal, but it's still kind of uncomfortable because like clearly. Like, it's during okay. Ramadan is my thing. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's all that's not to say, not weird in like a haram way, but like, it's just, it feels uncomfortable because that's not really a thing that you do during Ramadan. Like, People don't even get married during Ramadan because Ramadan is about something totally different. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a really good, it's a good example of like this film being about so many different Muslim gay men that are Middle Eastern. I mean, obviously it's not, it's not going to be representative of every experience, nor should it have to be. But I do really appreciate the care that goes into, so Sam, the best friend, he's not religious. He actually has a lot of things to say about Islam and, and treatment of gay people and other things like that that come up later in one of the major conflict scenes. And then Hassan, obviously, he's closeted. His family doesn't know. Someone in his family actually threatens to out him, which is really, really screwed up. And that's what causes him to decide to marry a woman. Spoiler alert, they get divorced. She supports him. He and his family start patching things up. Um, and then there's, of course, Mo, who, like I said, his family really supports him and everything is hunky-dory and his grandmother's really cute, blah, blah, blah. So unlike other movies that we talked about that I will not name, you know, the approach to the coming out slash dealing with your family, I think, is dealt with much more thoughtfully in this situation. And the movie, meaning the writers and the, you know, the characters and everybody, the actors, do a really good job of portraying Mo as someone who clearly loves his family and his friends, but is very set in his ways and is incapable, incapable, incapable of understanding other people's perspectives. Which, as a doctor, I'm kind of like, dude, are you this awful at your job? <laughs> because, because you don't listen to your friends when they're trying to like contact, contact you, um, talk to you about things that are constraining their way of life and making it hard for them to be them fully. And with Cal and Corey, of course, jump in whenever. 
Um, Cal is frustrated because as the, and I keep saying all-American white guy because that's literally how the movie describes him, right? So it's this all-American white guy who's an actor, which cracked me up. And by the way, the guy who plays Hassan is the actor who plays uh, Captain Singh in The Flash. So I swear this movie was like pulled out of this group chat that I'm in because they also have Sound of Music comments and um, power bottom jokes. And it's just a very gay movie. Like, I mean, he, was, he also played Trini's dad in Power Rangers, so... Yeah, like it's there's my trivia movie, for you. <laughs> this movie was very much just like pulled out of somehow the group chats that I'm in with Corey and my other friends. So that was really funny watching it. But anyways, plot exposition done. What we just really liked about this film was how different the representations were of people that we usually don't get to see, and then they got to be fully created. Not created, that's not the word I'm looking for. They got to be like fully realized realized characters. Like you root for all of them. You also get really, in, like, I was so mad at Mo towards the end where he wouldn't listen to anybody because I'm like, dude, like, do you know how much of a rare unicorn you are in the larger context of Muslim families who do from the beginning support their kids? Disregarding the discussion about whether or not being gay is allowed, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not even the point. The actual just straight up acceptance that he gets from his mom and dad and sister and everybody else is a huge deal. And so for him to turn around and be like, Islam is only, like, the only Islam that exists is my Islam, or the only Islam that's acceptable is the way I see it, is super problematic. And I really appreciate that the main character of this rom-com is so um, complex. And there are moments where you just straight up are like, wow, you're kind of a jerk dude. Because usually rom-coms from, like, Hallmark and Lifetime, like, all the characters are perfect. The only conflict is just, like, fake gentrification or... I don't want to leave my fancy job and move to the small town in the middle of nowhere Christmas land. Like, who cares about that? <laughs> That's not a real conflict. This movie has real conflict, which I really appreciate it. Corey, what do you think? I have to drink water, so I have to stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, like I said, there's cultural aspects that me as a re- I as a revert, um, like the shoes thing, Sahara had to explain that to me because, I, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma where sometimes if you have shoes that you leave outside you leave them soles facing up so you can pick them up and you know shake them and immediately if there's a black widow spider in there it drops <laughs> out from the bottom <laughs> you know um so there were a few times I went to Sahara where I'm just like hey what what's this but I I like that I, I like that Cal is this love interest of, and Cal is getting to kind of uh, react to this community. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in a way it was like, I, I can still relate to it through Cal, honestly, more than I can Mo and Hassan and everybody else. I related more to Cal of like, cause it reminded me of like my first Ramadans and like those kind of iftars, because if you are a revert and you're the only mm-hmm. revert in your family, like, that's also your first kind of um, experience. And it's, you know, it can be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially definitely. when you're coming into somebody else's space. So I like, there's still ways that I really think are fun that you can connect to. Obviously f- for me, when Mo is just like, it's my way or the highway, but then he made it about like, it's my Islam or no Islam. And I'm just like, you know, this is something we've talked about on, that's Haram several times, but there's a million different interpretations of how to Muslim, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Especially because, like, all of the stuff that Sam said is literally stuff 
that people who have these conversations have had like it doesn't matter so let me rephrase and rewind so part of the fight scene that i think was so well done is that sam and mo essentially end up going at it because they're on a double date with Kyle, who as you said is like this all-american guy he grew up on a military base in jordan so he has a very specific perspective on the middle east and islam and what have you and then um i just forgot the other white dude's name oh john who is sam's like date throughout the movie who frankly is kind of a jerk and you're like stereotypical like cis white gay man who doesn't know anything about other cultures right like that's that's the point mm-hmm. of the character and he is eating <laughs> he's just eating all this food sitting there like wow there's a lot of yelling and i don't understand any of what's happening right now but cal does so cal is taking all this in about this man that he's falling in love with and sam and and mo are you know fighting about like sam isn't devout because he can't be part to him specifically he can't be part of a religion where people are killed people like him are killed for being like him right so like people who have been killed because they are gay in the name of islam and of course most responses and you know this is a response that a lot of muslim people have and other religious people who are lgbtq have about their own religions where it's like well yes people did that awful thing and they did that in the name of my religion but that's not what my religion actually says and while that is a true statement it doesn't actually help the people who've been killed or harmed or oppressed, right? Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the material effect of these awful people doing awful things to other people in the name of religion still is happening in the name of religion. And, and that's, I think some, that's, to me, honestly, now that you bring that up is one of the most impressive parts for me of the film of this can be a very fine line or fine needle to thread Yeah, for anybody. I mean, it doesn't really matter what religion, um, but, you know, like, especially with Islam and especially in the U.S., like, I didn't even realize until I reverted and I suddenly had everybody like especially like as- acting like I needed to answer for the sins of terrorism or something. Right. Um, it is a very fine needle to thread of acknowledging the pain and the harm that was done and saying that's valid Mm -hmm. and that is horrible and it should never have happened and it needs to stop while also saying this isn't what my religion is and should be and it's a very very hard line to thread and I do think that Breaking Fast did that very well because I see that like it normally either goes one way or another you wind up going into some kind of like pro-atheist movement apologetics by accident or you have like how mo kind of came across of like yeah it's bad but whatever you know like you're diminishing mm-hmm. the very mm-hmm. real trauma that people have experienced and i really like the phrase that um mike Masalam, the writer uses he calls it bright sighting which i never heard before and i really like i'm gonna use that probably in life now where cal ends up yelling at mo later long story short both of the main characters are lying to each other so if you haven't watched like you should because I don't want to give away those spoilers but they end up at um the hospital that Mo works at because Kyle has a family member there staying for unspoiled reason and Kyle is you know frustrated and obviously distraught about the whole situation because this is right after the fight has happened and so he had to rush after Iftar to the hospital and he's like Mo you have to start brightsiding everything anytime someone tells you something or tries to like interact with you about their own emotions you don't it's like the opposite of taking on another person's feelings he just straight up can't even put himself in other people's shoes which is the Mm -hmm. worst problem to have i think like yeah it's annoying if you're talking to a friend and then that friend makes it about them in like a 
I'm trying to sympathize with you way. But at least that person was trying to sympathize or empathize. Mo just straight up is like, it'll be fine. Like all parents love their kids and everything is happy and hunky dory. And it's like, Mo, you are one of 7 billion people on this planet. Your life is not the exact same as everyone else's. And also, frankly, this doesn't really get explicitly said in the film but any person who is like mo genuinely needs to get yelled at because that means that you just straight up weren't paying attention to the people around you like Mm -hmm. how are you this old a doctor and incapable of understanding that some people have shitty families dude like what are you doing with your life so i thought that part was really great um and you know just again like these are really complex complicated not at all perfect characters who do come together and find love and have a happy ending per rom-com needs, but with a really wonderful representative look at all the different ways that can play out and like what it means for three different Middle Eastern Muslim gay men. Even if Sam doesn't identify as a devout Muslim, like he's still Muslim, the three of them have completely different ways of reacting to their environments and experiences, which which I think is really great. Is, is another thing I liked because I mean you know I love my Hallmark movies. Yeah. I mean I love them and I love them because their escape is trash and I can turn them on when I need just like a shot of nothing but positive. Right. Like, absolutely. These characters are kind of cookie cutter, processed, rinse, repeat. They're not overly problematic. They're not that complex. It's just easy watching. And what I like about Breaking Fast is you have a feel-good movie, but there's actual, you know, there's, like Sahara said, there's depth to the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, they are complex individuals, but it doesn't go so far into, which is my other problem that I don't like in certain rom-coms, of they're so flawed, I don't want them to get together. Right, right, because then that's just awkward. <laughs> season. Um, where you're just like, well, why do we want these people to be together? Why am I watching this movie for an hour and 45 minutes of my life plus some advertising? Like, I'm genuinely rooting for them to figure their stuff out. We're not going to (laughs) curse. I'm genuinely rooting for them to get together and sort their... Man, I'm really wanting to say that word. Sort their stuff. (laughs) While I'm also just like, okay, you... Man, I'm a potty mouth today. You messed up here and you messed up here and you both need to apologize. But again, I think it's also nice because they're adults. Right. And they do behave like adults and they do apologize and have adult conversations and don't treat this like it's a CW thing. (laughs) Y'all know how much Sahara likes the CW. Well, I was going to say, unlike the bull types treatment of Adina, this Mm -hmm. This movie. Oh, and I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, that's there's so much of this film that is directly because Mike Masalam. By the way, I totally forgot to mention this at the earlier. This actually originally started as a short, and then everybody loved it so much they kept pressuring. Well, not pressuring, but they were like, "Oh my gosh, you should make this a feature film." And then he got funding for it, and it happened, right? Which is awesome, and does show that there are people in Hollywood who are willing to put their money where their mouth is and support truly inclusive, creative content. And I think. This is a great example of all the stuff that I write about regularly where you can put the brown person in front of the screen, right? You can put whoever you want in the cast, but unless the people writing and directing and inherent makeup, et cetera, et cetera, are also all inclusive and representative of the people that they're putting on the screen, it doesn't matter how well-meaning a writer is, they're not going to get it right. 
And Mike Masalam, being an Arab Muslim gay man, writing this from his heart for people who are just like him and also just the general audience, that's what elevates this film above every single other Hallmark and Lifetime film that I watched and every single one of the holiday films that include or center gay men as the leads, right? Because they were all written not because, oh, Hallmark and Lifetime want to be inclusive, quote unquote, and we want to make, like, realistically, it's because they want to make money and not get yelled at. This movie was written specifically to truly tell the story that we don't get to see. And so I just think it's really great because now that it exists, hopefully more will come of it and we can get lesbian Muslims. Or if you want to have Jewish lesbians, which by the way, there are some movies that have come out recently that are like that, which is pretty cool. So, you know, just expanding the true diversity of representation of stories, I think is really important. Corey, other thoughts or things you didn't like? I mean, it's not really a criticism so much as it's just like my note of like, if you're a revert, Right. Or if you didn't grow up culturally Muslim, there's going to be parts of this that you don't that are you're probably going to miss, or you're going to need to have somebody explain to you. But again, like that's not really a criticism so much of just like, hey, here's a heads up, because like there's nothing wrong with the film being made for a specific audience. Right. Right. Um, I guess my only real quibble is, and I, this is like, I feel the auntie coming out of me. It's like, why are you dating during Ramadan? This feels like this doesn't need to be done during Ramadan. Why are you going on a double date on an iftar? I feel like I feel my inner auntie like clawing her way out to like wag her finger and be like, what are you doing? Why? This is not appropriate. Right. And I think, I think that's one of those things where I don't remember um, if you remember, but in our December episode, we like made up our like fake movie and we were talking about how it could be like after Eid or like right before Eid, they like meet in the grocery. I think part of it is because it's just funny to be like, haha, breaking fast, LOL. Um, but it gave us that 30 day timing because I think that's the other thing too, is a lot of these rom-coms, right? When you think about it, all the Hallmarks, Lifetimes, Paramounts, whatever, it's very much like it has been two weeks, if mm-hmm. that, because it's always right before Christmas. And so 30 days is a much They're more They're the realistic... hetero version. The Hallmark movies are the hetero version of you hauling. Yes. Like, I'm just yes. going to say it. Um, you know, Breaking Fast pushed it back by double the amount to 30 whole days or four whole weeks. <laughs> I would love to see a movie of that's like at least a six month. I don't want to say courtship because that word is now loaded because of other things but like a third like a six month long period of just like halal getting to know each other yeah and I think that's partly too you know we don't have time for this episode but we could always just do an episode about just the depiction of relationships in general speaking Mm -hmm. on and tv that there is this huge push towards especially you know let's just go there the cw right or any of the channels that have adults portraying teenagers and the timelines for all these shows literally make zero sense because they're three days or like 12 days or just some weird number of days that doesn't make any actual realistic sense to how a person gets to know another person. And even just if you think about like how many bad guys they're dealing with, like really they just dealt with 12 bad guys in four days. Did they not have time to recuperate? Like where's their therapy, especially if they got hurt physically, whatever things I think about, no one else cares about, it's fine. But <laughs> Breaking Fast gives you that full you know, even though it's a montage, like it's a three minute montage of half of the days, but you get to really see them developing the relationship. And that's also why the last iftar that they have together before the, uh, 
the day of the fight, I think it's like the 20, oof, I wish I had looked this up. The 22nd or the 23rd, Iftar, I think is the day, is the night that they have the huge fight because we see then Mo crossing off the dates on his calendar before the final Iftar because the final Iftar, his family always comes. And that's when they get to meet Cal. So again, even in three weeks, we get to see this relationship develop. And that's why when we find out that both of the characters have been lying to each other this whole time about a specific thing, it makes that conflict and anguish even realer because it's like, wow, they really haven't actually gotten to know each other that well, even in this short period of time, which personally, I think that works really well. And Mm so, you know, if they were to, if the conceit of this film had been something different, I can see where it kind of gets weird because, I mean, I mean, I guess someone could just want to go on 30 dinner dates. Then you could just call the movie 30 dinner dates. I mean, they aren't getting married at the end of the movie. So that's that's a step up from some of the Hallmark ones. Right. Right. And, and Which is literally, like, we haven't even kissed yet or this is our first time kissing and now we're getting married. Oh, wait, we just got married. Now we're kissing and we've only known each other for a week. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's one called, was it Married by Christmas? That's so weird. Why? Was there like an inheritance involved in that? That just sounds no. like No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? I don't I mean it's Hallmark and it's white people. I mean That's fair. Well, that's kind of why I had similar issues with the Hanukkah film. Beyond the whole we're just gonna DNA test our way through this plot line, which is cursed and again, don't have time to get into for longer in this episode, but they spent part like it's six to seven days that they actually got to spend together and then now he's going to leave for a different country because he's doing a tour for cooking and then he's going to come back and they're all going to be fine like you know what 2k21 all movies now must have at least a month of dating that is mm-hmm. the new requirement i have just decided at this moment like give Show us a better relationship dating. behavior and and you know you can use time jumps time jumps are great you know yeah. six months later 12 months later now you know they've been together for two years and they've got a kid like whatever um or a dog or a cat you know like there's the the main milestones that we always see in our media I think there's a way to do that in a way that isn't Mm -hmm. facetious and like haha weird but like generally to the point of the relationship I think my only true criticism and by virtue of the fact that this movie centers gay Muslim men is it would have been cool to see like one Muslim woman that was gay we do get to meet sam's cousin who's really great and reminded me of me she had zero time for any of their bs and was like i don't understand what's happening here also we're in a mosque why are all of you so weird um she she had a whole scene where she got to be the the gossip being like oh can i tell you about hassan and oh my gosh her you know they're gonna divorce and then she actually doesn't say his name until they ask the name and then um sam and mo are both like hassan what and so just, you know, if there had been a way to get just one gay woman in there, I think would have been great because the karaoke bar slash club, I don't, are they bar or clubs? It doesn't really matter. The karaoke place where they do the karaoke, that was redundant. Nice job, Sahar. Um, had a lot of inclusive like background actors, which was really cool. And so there were like mm-hmm. men, women, trans people, drag queens, etc. Everybody was there because it's a gay karaoke bar. But we didn't ever get to see an explicitly gay Muslim woman. And I think that would have been really cool um, just to have that added sequel texture. Sequel idea. Yeah. If there's ever a sequel, there's the idea for it. <laughs> um, but, you know, overall, really fun movie. Definitely for all audiences, though, yes, you there are definitely some things where you might want to be like, Sahara, what is happening here? And I will totally tell you what is happening here. But 
overall 10 out of 10 would recommend don't watch while you're hungry you will be really sad you don't have kebabs and hummus in front of you at the time that you're watching this um but it would be a great date night movie to watch with mediterranean food see now i'm just making myself hungry instead of ice cream i want hummus every time yeah but now you said ice cream so you're gonna start thinking about ice cream and then you're gonna want ice cream actually no because i've had ice cream four times this week why (laughs) because i love ice cream what do you mean why (laughs) okay on that note um (laughs) go watch the movie it's fun it's very charming um but it's still there's definitely some pathos there and poignance there and i think you know regardless of what kind quote i'm doing finger quotes right now of muslim you are i think it's going to be enjoyable what Corey said yeah so that's it for this episode (laughs) we will be back in march uh we have not forgotten that we did promise to do uh, a deeper episode explaining more on Christian angel angelology and angelic hierarchy. Let's just go with that Christian angelic hierarchy and what if there is a Muslim equivalent and what is this whole thing with guardian angels? Because we have actually gotten a question about that. Um, if you have other questions for us, uh, we we do try to accommodate those as we can that I thought that was a good question that we got and I went to Sahara and I was like Sahara is this this thing and she's like well well, hold on let me look it up (laughs) (laughs) so we will be doing an episode based off of an audience uh question if you have other questions like if you were like hey what's this whole thing about there might be two Ramadans in one year can that even happen Yes, there are going to be two Ramadans in one year. And yes, that can happen. But if you have questions about that or um, other aspects of Islam or something you saw portrayed in the media that you're like, huh, I've watched this show and now that doesn't seem right. Ask us. Or if you just want Corey and I to rant about stuff, because clearly y'all like that, which thanks for listening to us. I'm always so appreciative of all of you all over the world who are like, we're going to listen to these two random people spot off about (laughs) some random crap. I love it. Especially like those of you in Singapore who somehow found us and listened to us Um, and India and (laughs) Pakistan and Ireland and everywhere else. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. As I said, we are more than happy to try to thoughtfully answer any of your questions that you might have. um, As long as they're not shit posting there. I said it, I got it out. I couldn't go the full episode. I just couldn't do it. (laughs) Amazing. Also, don't forget our wonderful network of podcasts. Uh, Corey, do you want to do your yes. thing? Uh, other podcasts on the Fundamentals Network include a weekly TTRPG live play called Faith Forge Academy. There are some really great folks over there. Uh, highly recommend checking them out if you haven't already. Obviously, that's Haram. Uh, Ladies First, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, uh, All Bark and No Dice. We will be having two final episodes to wrap up up an unabashed book snobbery coming up this year. So Kylie and Julia will be returning to give their final, final thoughts on that entire Game of Thrones saga. So look for 2021 for those to come out. We also have Sartorial Splendor. And coming up, starting at the end of this month, we have a new series called Cannon Fodder. So stay tuned on the site for information on that. That one should be pretty fun. I think y'all will like it. Spoiler alert, Corey's on it, so you should listen to it. (sighs) 
I need to stop doing podcasts. Anyways, thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us. And you should definitely go check out Breaking Fast. It's a really mostly wholesome movie that I think anybody's going to enjoy. Bye.